This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Hey everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of Out Front with AJ and Nick on the Chicago Podcast Network. I am Nick Sarantos, joined over the interwebs and Skype by my good buddy AJ Signeri. AJ, say hello to the wonderful people. Hey everybody. And he is getting with his deep, low voice, ladies and gentlemen. Today, today's show is, is a sad show. It is really as far as things that make my heart hurt. Today's show is the kind of show that will make me cry. I swear, folks, I have been on a ledge. I have contemplated suicide. I have contemplated even voting for Donald Trump to prevent what has happened. Now, wait, wait, wait. I know what you're going to say, but really, vote for Trump. If the choice... All right, I'll get my punchline out of the way because it's not really a punchline because I honestly don't know what would happen. If a genie popped out of a bottle today... Well, let me finish setting it up, you son of a bitch. You cut out my setup. Well, you see Donald Trump, I have to interject. That's well, It seems like an intervention when someone says that. Shouldn't you just be going wrong, wrong? I mean, shouldn't you have just been doing that? I'm just um. saying... Yeah. Huge. Huge. Clays. Guy Clays. I don't know why, but in my head, he's Enzo Amore. Um, he's not Enzo Amore. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we haven't really covered this that much on the podcast. I'm sure it's come up a couple times. But here's how it is. Today, as you as we record this show, is October, October 7th, 2016. It is the day, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this on my own show. This is my show. Say it. Today the Cubs start their freaking playoff run, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to die. I am a, okay, should I I put it out there, just the whole thing? What do you think, AJ? All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Nick Sarantos, and I am a proud card-carrying member, this is true, of the Chicago White Sox Kids Fan Club. I still have it in my desk drawer. I am a White Sox fan, but more than being a White Sox fan, I am a true baseball fan, which means I support the team that really plays baseball. That's not true. They're so bad. The Sox are so bad. All right, ladies and gentlemen, straight up, I'm a White Sox fan who hates the Cubs. I make no apologies for it. I hate the Cubs. I hate the Chicago Cubs. I hate them. I hate them so much. I hate them more than I hate the Minnesota Twins. I hate them more than I hate the Detroit Red Wings. I hate them more than I hate the Green Bay Packers. There is not a sports team on the planet that I I hate more than I hate the Chicago Cubs. I hate them. I hate them so much, AJ. I want, I so, I hate them. I could do an hour of me just repeatedly saying that I hate the Chicago Cubs. I hate them. God, I hate them. Oh, my God. And they're stupid shades of blue, and they're ugly red, and that stupid stadium that should be should have been torn down, and they're disgusting Budweiser beer, and they're just, everything about them sucks. It sucks. The stadium sucks. There's two bathrooms in the entire goddamn infield section. You sons of bitches. I hate that place. I hate them. I hate you for liking them. I hate all of it. I want them to lose so badly, AJ. I want them to lose. I, God damn it. I want them to lose. Okay. All right, I'm back. That was two minutes. You ready? I think so. Oh, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs suck some dick today. Oh, God, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, you know, it's a way to do that. 
you know, got to be okay. Look, I'm a liberal, so I can't really, like, do it that way like it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that the Chicago Cubs, oh, God damn it, they're going to win the World Series and I'm going to have to die. This well, we, we, We've talked about this on a few shows before in the scenario that, you know, when they go to the World Series finals, what's Nick Sarantos going to do? Motel 6, Because this baby. is a reality right now. That there's a reality. Yeah, there. no, I, I honestly, Motel 6 in Indiana. <laughs> Bet your Motel ass. Motel 6 in Indiana. Yeah, because I feel like they don't have internet in Indiana because that's the only explanation for why they're so hateful. That's not true. There is internet in Indiana. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I might go back I to can, Greece. I can send never you come the hotel back. I was at in Indiana. I'll tell you this. First of all, I'm disconnecting my phone. And I don't, I don't. And I don't mean like I'm turning it off. I mean I'm going to cancel the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to close all of my social media accounts for a year, possibly five, and just disappear into the ether. Now, here's the thing, AJ, and this has become a question in my brain. How much do I truly hate the idea of the Cubs winning the World Series? If a genie popped out of a bottle today and said, here is your choice. The Cubs don't win the World Series, but Donald Trump becomes president. Which would you choose? Well, I was to say, what's a better question? Would you rather see Cubs win the World Series, Donald Trump win the presidency, if he had those two choices? Donald Trump wins the presidency. in the entire world. Donald Trump wins the presidency. You rather? Yes. I would rather have Donald Trump be president than the Cubs win the World Series. And I hate Donald Trump, but not as much as I... No, I honestly I honestly think that I would do that. I would make yeah, that... between the two... No, I don't you care. You can dissolve the Cubs. You can't dissolve Donald Trump. I don't know. Has anyone tried throwing a, bo- a bucket of water on him? Has anyone tried? <laughs> I'm melting. I'm melting. It's not class. There's no class. His, his spray tan just kind of... I'm serious, man. I don't want them to win this thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know, Division One game, game one of the Divisional Series against the uh, San Francisco Giants is tonight. It starts at 8.15. I guess that would... Is that... Yeah, so that would be our time. So it's 8.15 our time versus San Francisco. They'll be at Wrigley in the most horrible place on earth playing the beautiful game with... Oh, my God, the Cubs are going to be in the playoffs, and they're the number one team. This is hell. This is what hell is like, isn't it? Not just the number one team, but they're like, what, 10 games ahead of everybody Shut up. in both divisions? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was at my friend's house over the weekend, and a friend's husband walked in, and everyone knows who I am and how I feel about the Chicago Cubs. And I swear to God, AJ, the first thing he said was he looks down, he sees me on the couch, and he deliberately looks away from me and then tells everybody how much fun he was having in the car on the way there listening to the Cubs and how much fun it is because the Cubs are so good. And then he just starts staring at me. And I looked at him and I said, you need to stop. And he said, why? I said, because I will ram your head through a wall. And I think I was joking. (laughs) I think that's, that's the sad part that you think you were joking. I think I'm joking about the Trump thing. I think I'm joking about the Trump thing because it's a completely hypothetical situation. You can make a wish and anything happens, right? It's hypothetical. So yeah, it's easy for me to say the Trump thing. But the more I think about it as like an intellectual exercise, I think I would actually make that terrible deal. I am that selfish a person. 
I would make that deal because so if you were I, Robert Johnson at the crossroads, you would make that deal with the devil. Yes, I think I would, and I'm not proud of it. I know that that's not <laughs> mentally healthy. I know that sacrificing the well-being of the entire country just to make sure that a petty baseball feud is honored is not the safest way to do things. But I don't care, AJ. I don't care. I had a phone call from my friend Mike this morning with him singing the stupid song that you played. That stupid fucking song. I hate all of it. I hate it all. I hate everything about it. I want bad things. If their plane crashed, I would be happy. And I know that that's terrible. I get that. So I- remind me. Um, uh, this is therapy hour with AJ right now. Now, Nick. Oh, are we going to try to unravel this this whole thing? I, I want to understand, you know, through my Freudian um, training I've had. You don't have enough therapy. cocaine to understand me. Huh? <laughs> You don't know that. Uh, <laughs> um, you and Trump at the debate. Uh, go ahead. So when was it? Was it when the Sox beat the, lost the Cubs in 85? Uh, when was it that you felt this disdain towards the Cubs? Because all your family likes the Cubs, correct? They're no, Cubs fans. no. No, how dare you? No, don't sully my family's reputation with your bullshit. No, my family is all White Sox fans through and through, except for my my dad's a White Sox fan too, but he's from Greece. He okay, so what's your dad? I thought no, my dad my, my dad doesn't care about baseball at all. He's not a Cubs fan. He's not. I mean, he's a Sox fan because the family is Sox fans, but he doesn't really care about baseball. He's from Greece. He likes soccer and hockey and football because who doesn't like football? But. He doesn't care about baseball. My mom's a diehard Sox fan. My sister's a diehard Sox fan. But really, it all begins and ends with my grandmother, who I can blatantly tell you I remember the moment it happened. I was at home in my first house that I remember living in in Des Plaines. We lived right off of River Road. I was in the backyard. We had a fence between ourselves and our neighbors where my best friend lived. And I was outside in the backyard. She had just gotten me... I was not kidding. She got me the White Sox. This is before Southpaw, so whatever it was, like the White Sox kids group or whatever. And it came with 13 tickets for over the summer uh, for two tickets for a game. You got a card. You got a hat. You got a shirt. You got like a free giveaway, special giveaway at every game you went to for being part of it. You got to go to an autograph signing, which is where I met Belton. I met Bill Melton there. Belton Mil- Bill Melton. His name. His nickname is hard. And I have an autograph from him that I don't remember really getting, but I know that I met the guy. But that, but the day she gave me that that gift, it was the first day of summer vacation, and she gave it to me. She said, "No, I'm going to give this to you, but there are two things." And I said, "One, is she okay? Yeah, Grandma. What are they?" She said, "Number one, that you love the White Sox." And I said, "Yes, okay." She go, "I go, I do love the White Sox, Grandma. They have Frank Thomas." And she says, "Yes, and they have Robin." And that was during the time period where the White Sox were marketed as Batman and Robin. Right. And to my comic book brain, I did not understand that they were not actually Batman and Robin. And then she's like, but you love the White Sox. I said, yes. She goes, but more important, you hate the Cubs. And this is during Ryan, Ryan Sandberg time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but, but Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson, because I did like Andre Dawson. Yes. And she says, uh, no, we hate the Cubs. And I said, okay, Grandma, we hate the Cubs. And then I went to school. Uh, the next fall and was wearing my White Sox stuff and all the Cubs fans kids started to make fun of me AJ because Cubs fans are shitty people and ah now we get to the crux of the situation now therapy 
Yeah, go ahead, AJ. Come on, ask me the question about how it made me feel. Go ahead. I'm going to say, not only how it made you feel, but that you wore your sock stuff to school. And all these Cubs fans were picking on you, as childish as it was for them. How did that really make you feel inside? Well, for the fat kid in school, another reason to be ostracized was not great, AJ. Okay? Are we clear? Are we good? Are you happy with this now? Let me explain this to you, you son of a bitch. Cubs fans are terrible people. They're terrible people. Okay? And yeah, you're probably going to win the World Series this year, and I hope you all suffer. My friend put up a video yesterday of, like, Cubs fans in their 80s, and they're like, all these people like, I've never seen the Cubs win, and all I want before I die is to see the Cubs. I hope you don't get it. I hope you don't get it. I don't want you to be happy before you die. I hope you die miserable and alone and get buried in a pauper's grave. You know, this is equally, if not more bad when I hear my Yankee and Red Sox friends. Yeah. No, I am on a special level of hate. That's fine. I I am without a, without shadow of a doubt the probably biggest Cubs hater in the city. I, I honestly think that that might be true. And I'm okay with it. The reason, here's the real reason I don't want the Cubs to win the World Series. And it's much simpler than I hate them. Because whatever. Is it? Yes. I have spent a lifetime spreading hate, AJ. A lifetime of just bad-mouthing the ballpark and the team. And that ugly shade of blue that's not really navy blue. It's not dark blue. It's cubby blue. What the fuck is a cubby? I don't care. Anyway, it's okay. Breathe, Nick. Breathe. I'm going to kill myself. That's the only way out of this, right? <laughs> like The only possible solution for me to not have to experience this is to put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger, right? Is that cool? It's America. I can get a gun pretty easy. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, especially in certain states. I'm just saying, like, Indiana. Wonderful. It all, it all goes back to Indiana. It always goes back to Indiana. Uh, look, I... I wish I, there is a part of me that wishes I could get over this and actually enjoy watching it, but I don't even want to watch. I don't want to watch even to like root for them to lose because I don't think they're going to lose, and I don't want them to win. And everyone, even my the diehardest Sox fans I know, have started to do the thing that I hate because I will not be this person. There are a lot of people I know who claim to be diehard Sox fans who are like, "Well, you know, I'm a Chicago person. It'd be nice if the Cubs." Won. No, fuck you. It would not be nice if the Cubs won. It would not. Nothing about that would be nice, at least in my opinion. And I know that there are people listening to this show who are like, oh, this is funny. The guy's kind of making jokes. This is not a joke. I cannot express this enough. I don't want them to win. This is not me doing a bit. There are people who think that this is a joke. This is not a joke. I am this worked up. I am this upset. I don't want them to win. I cannot. I, I swear to God, I can't live if they do it. I'm going to cry. You're like <laughs> the shot jock for Cubs commentary. You don't... It, so a while back, there was a job opening to be the Wrigley Field Stadium announcer, and yeah. I applied for the job just for the fun of. I swear to God, what well, was a good opportunity? And everyone was like, "Oh, that'd be." And I was telling people that I had applied for, it, and they're like, "Oh, that's great! You could, you know, if you got that, you've got the voice. You could do that for twenty years." I said, "No, I could do that for just as long as Gene Honda's with the White Sox. And the minute he retires, I'd leave and be the only person excited to leave the Cubs to go to the White Sox." God damn it, I don't want them to win, AJ. I don't want this. 
this feels so bad. I just, is this, I don't know. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm literally sitting here looking at like the, the, the whole thing and I'm just. But uh, here's the thing. And this is what, something that you really need to grasp, grasp on is this. <clears throat> and for those who know me, I too am not a Cubs fan. With that said, uh-huh. when the Cubs win, yeah, um, you do realize the city will implode. Good. <laughs> I hope they all well, die. No Chicago podcast network without no Chicago. We'd have at least one last great show. <laughs> I don't. I think we should do a show during. The World Series Finals. How are we going to do that when I'm not where there's internet? Terry, that no one's ever going to hear on ESPN and elsewhere. Here's the thing about this. When you think about those people who are like, well, I'm moving out to the woods to get away from everything before it all falls apart. Like those kinds of people. Like I'm having the same reaction, but it's about a baseball team, which probably says something about the state of my mental health. But I'm not really willing to look into it very much. So I'm just going to kind of... It's just a baseball team. But it's not. See, that's the thing. If it was just a baseball team, it wouldn't feel like this to everybody. Because I'm going around everywhere and everywhere I go... But that's the other thing. It's not exactly like I can get away from it, okay? I live with a diehard Cubs fans. Most of my friends are diehard Cubs fans. I can't go home and get away from it. I can't go to a friend's house and get away from it. I have... So you're really, truly not a real diehard Sox fan then, now are you? I have said this, and I mean this 100%. It is more important to me that the Cubs not win the World Series than the White Sox win the World Series. I I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Because when the White Sox won the World Series, it was nice. A million people showed up for the parade. Everyone was happy. But nobody really cared. Nobody really gave a damn. And, and, and all the Cubs fans who were like, well, I'm just happy Chicago won. First of all, fuck you. I don't want you on my bandwagon. And especially when it comes to baseball, I don't care about the Hawks thing. That makes more sense to me. It's the whole city. But if you're a, if you're a Cubs fan, then stay on your side. Wear your ugly blue and be made fun of during that time period. But nobody cared. And now the Cubs are going to win it. And everyone's like, oh, it's such a great story. They haven't won in over 100 years. Why are you still fans if they haven't won in 100 years? At some point, change your loyalties. Breathe. Focus. Namaste. So, are we or are we not going to do the commentary of the Cubs? We're not. Because that would mean I have to watch it, AJ. You don't have to watch? Well, yeah, you do. I don't want to watch it. I don't. This is possibly going to be the last time we mention the Cubs playoff run on this podcast. Well, it's the thing. This is like once in a lifetime. Like, oh this could be God. the Cubs only thing. All the players now could be traded to other teams after the Actually, season. I just had a thing. So there's a hurricane happening. Maybe the Cubs' plane, when they go to California, like will, will fly into the hurricane and get lost. Like, they're like a movie. And then they'll have to cancel the whole thing. And then the Cubs can't win. That would be great. Whatever, their families are set up. What do you care? Their kids are still going to go to college. Who gives a damn? But if they all just disappeared, including Theo and Jed, (laughs) 
Ah, now we know what to do. We're going to hack the GPS satellite and reroute their plane. Do that thing from Die Hard 2 where we make it seem like the ground is a lot further away than it actually is. So we do realize we're going the Alex Jones route of the situation. Alex Jones is right about the Cubs. 100%. I don't know if he's said anything about the Cubs. Let's see. When did he say anything about the Cubs? I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that, listen, because he's the piece of shit that he is, I'm sure he's a diehard Cubs fan. Yeah, but I forgot about you, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, God, I loved that Larry Wilmore joke. That's right, motherfucker. I still haven't forgotten you. The... Look, I wish. I do. I do. There is a part of me that wishes, AJ, that I could be happy for people for this. But every time I try, my brain just, it's like, you ever watch those horror movies where people see like a ghost in the mirror and like it's like a skull with like rotting skin and it just screams like one of those? Like that's what happens when I try to think positive thoughts about the Cubs in my brain. It's like, oh, and all of a sudden just this, and just like everything gets drowned out by just pure unadulterated hate. And, and I'm okay with the fact that I have this level of hate in my heart because it's hate that doesn't matter in the long run. It doesn't really affect anything, but I feel this. Like, this is what Vader had to feel like when he was dying next to the, the, the lava river. Like, I understand why he turned evil if this is what it feels like. Yeah. No. That'll be me. That'll be me on game six of the World Series. No. I'm going to ruin an entire franchise so by screaming we're once. not betting on the Cubs then. You can bet on or don't bet. I don't care what you do, AJ. You feel free to do whatever the hell it is that you got to do. Okay, I got class. Okay, I'm a classy guy. All right? Look, no one has a better temperament about the Cubs than me. Okay? No one is better, more healthy and well-adjusted about the Cubs than me. I am the best at being well-adjusted when it comes to a team you don't like winning. Clearly, the 20 minutes before this doesn't matter. I got class. I'm good. Everything's great. And I have summed up the entire Donald Trump experience in one rant about the Cubs. You heard about the Ricketts family and Trump, right? Yeah, that's. I wish I could tell you that that made me like them more, but it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, for I know. Trump to support the Cubs, and then the Ricketts family saying you're a piece of crap. Yeah, I don't care. Here, I, I, I there is no rational. Listen, the best what part if, of what now, the best let, part let, about. Let me, go, go ahead, go ahead. Let me ask you this because I think I might hit a nerve when I say this. Oh God! What if Jack Daniels out for whatever reason that the White Sox merges with the Cubs? Yeah. What does Snix now say that you have one baseball? Where do team? they play? Huh? Where do they play? They, they, they still stay in Wrigley. Then I hate them. So if there was a merger between the Cubs and the Sox, and the Sox were merging with the Cubs, yeah, the Cubs play in Kamitsky. Yeah. Then it's okay. Well, then the White Sox. No, it's still gonna be on the Cubs banner. Then no, the Cubs play at. Let me make this abundantly, AJ, I cannot make this any clearer. There is no circumstance under the sun that would make me root for the Chicago Cubs. Jesus Christ himself could come down from heaven and simply say, all those who choose to root against the Cubs, because I am now their starting shortstop, 
will burn eternally in hellfire. I would say that's great. I'm going to kill myself and get skip to the head of the line. There is nothing on this planet. Look, I have been with... This is not me trying to exaggerate or Greg, but I've been with more than my fair share of women, and some of them have been diehard Cubs fans, and they were very attractive women, and it didn't matter, my friend, because I didn't care. I did not become a Cubs fan for them, and if I'm not going to become a Cubs fan for a pretty woman, there is nothing else on the planet that will make me even close to being a Cubs fan. I remember the dark time when I almost switched. There was a time when I was tempted like Jesus in the garden. And I spent time alone and had to reflect as the devil whispered on my shoulder in the form of my best friend that it would be okay for you to become a Cubs fan. It's okay. Sammy Sosa is really a good guy. And it's fun to watch them hit home runs in 1998. In 1998, it was close. It was the dark time. That was when I was tempted by the dark side of the force. That was my Luke, my Luke Skywalker in the cave on Dagobah in a really confusing scene that nobody understands exactly what it means moment. Where I almost became a Cubs fan because of the 1998 thing and the White Sox were so bad and Frank was hurt. And I was almost rooting for Sammy Sosa. And then I remembered that I didn't have to. And my grandma saved me. She saved my soul. And that is why, my friend, I will never, ever, ever root for the Chicago Cubs under any circumstances ever. I don't care if my entire family was held hostage at gunpoint and the only thing that could determine whether or not they would live is whether or not they win one freaking game in the middle of July. I don't care. Then my family is dead and I am a happy man. So we don't like the Cubs. You can do whatever the hell you want, you son of a bitch. I don't like the Cubs. No, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. Yes. Yes. If my whole family had to die to keep the Cubs from winning the World Series, that is a sacrifice that I am willing to make. For the record, if somebody said that you had to die, that I had to die, that my death would stop the Cubs from winning the World Series, I would kill myself right now. So even if I was on my deathbed due to cancer. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. It, I, don't, I don't give a damn. The hell with you. Is okay. it to keep the Cubs to win the World Series? No, to say, Ick, one year, just like the Cubs. No. Not for a lifetime, just the one season. No, I wouldn't do it. And I would actually resent you for the rest of eternity for asking. Okay. Yeah. There is no rationale to this. There is no, my hatred does not come from like some deep-seated emotional trauma. It's just a choice that I have made. And I am sticking with it. And I will defend it till the day that I die. This is who I am. I am a hater of the Chicago Cubs. And I proudly stand up and count it among those very few numbered. But I will, I straight up, there is no circumstance under the sun that would make me root for the Cubs. If I have children someday and they become Cubs fans, their mother can take them to the game. Because I will have failed as a father. Well, they're great baseball players, and the Cubs drafted them. That's wonderful for them, and I really hope they get traded. <laughs> but you'll never go see a No, game. I've never understood that bullshit with families. Like, oh, oh we've, we were Redskins fans the whole time. Now my son plays for, the, plays for the Cowboys, and now we love the Cowboys. No, screw you. You should hate your son for allowing himself to be drafted that late. He should have been drafted earlier by a team that you like and can root for. 
Yeah, if my kids played for the Chicago Cubs, let's say even my cousin, who's actually pretty decent in baseball, were to get good enough and be able to go and play baseball for the Chicago Cubs, I'm not rooting for the Cubs. I want him to lose. There is nothing on this planet that will make me root for the Cubs. Not a single thing. Even if I became the Cubs play-by-play man and had to lie my way through a season of acting like I wanted them to win, which I could do for money. Don't get me wrong. I'm nothing if not a whore. But I could, would never actually root for them. Ever. In my, it, never. Under any circumstances. And I know where I get this from. My grandfather, who passed away a few years ago, had a soccer team, has a soccer team in Greece, Olympiakos, which is like the big team in Athens, one of them. And there's a team that they play against, Pathanaikos, which is green. And till the day he died, if you wore a green shirt, not a green shirt that supported the team, just the color green, he would spit on the ground in front of you. Oh, wow. This is, so between and that was on my dad's side. So that was my dad's side of the family. Just taught me sports hatred at the level that it belongs. And then there's my grandma who told me who to hate on my mom's side. So both sides of my family taught me exactly how to act in this scenario. And that way to act, AJ, is to simply say unequivocally, unapologetically, nothing would make me happier than for Wrigley Field to explode tonight. I'm the only person who would not think of that as a national tragedy. I think it's a good stadium. I think that you're an idiot. That doesn't make me right. I'm just saying that it has two bathrooms on the first floor. That's it. You have to use the bathrooms. This is my point, ladies and gentlemen. No class. See, on the south side, we got class. We got food. We got Vienna beef sandwiches. We don't serve Nathan's hot dogs like Wrigley Field does, by the way. Where's Nathan's from? AJ? I don't care. I don't selling New York hot dogs at your stadium, you sons of bitches. I don't buy food there. I don't buy food there. What what do you what what do you do? You don't eat. You just drink. I bring shit in. Oh, oh, I see. So you're a thief too. (laughs) Okay, stealing money out of the Ricketts' pockets. You know that family needs that money. You son of a bitch. Oh, now we're defending the Ricketts. I'm just trying to make you. Uh, no, no, we defend the Ricketts. So by you defending the Ricketts means that you have a little bit of Cubs fan in you. I don't have Cubs fan in me. Well, don't even... don't defend the Ricketts. I'm just trying to make you into a bad person. You, but you can't because he's kind of falsified your own. You're argument. you're basically a communist. Nobody cares. <laughs> you know, go back to Russia. Take the Cubs with you. Give them to Putin. That'd be fun. I want that. Can we do that? Yeah, do the GPS thing to the plane. Just send them to Moscow. And you can play that music that they play at the beginning of every movie whenever we have a camera shot of Russia that, like, very Russian, like, duh. I don't even know. It's from, like, Air Force One and every other movie that takes place in Russia. Oh, my God. Yeah, so game one tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Clearly, I'm excited for it. Uh, (laughs) Are you even going to watch tonight, or are you just playing games with me? I'm not going to watch it. Okay. Because you don't really like baseball. You just like torturing me. Yeah. I hate you. I might see my cousin pitch. That's about it. Who's your cousin? Seely. Seely. I don't know who that is. Is that a player on the Cubs? He's a Giants pitcher. Well, I hope he pitches well. May he go. May he get nothing but strikeouts. Exactly. Oh, my God. So you don't even care. This is what makes this even worse. 
Because this is what's happening to me with a lot of people. Is a lot of people don't really care. They just know I hate them. So right. they keep playing games with me and acting like they want them to win. And it's mean and it's cruel and it hurts. It, it hurts. Do I care? Okay. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Start dying of cancer and make some last requests. See what happens. Go ahead. Yeah. Which, because between the two of us, who's more likely to get cancer? Says the cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the cigarette smoking man, dude. I have cancer in my family. Oh, yeah, I don't. You're screwed. <laughs> Again, the video, the best part of the whole deal was the video of the people in their 80s who were just like, my friend Mike, uh, he listens to the show sometimes, so my buddy uh, Mike, is all there, his nickname is Goofy, he put up the picture. And he loaded the video of the like old people saying that they want the Cubs to win. And he goes, after watching this video, how can anyone root against the Cubs? And he was bait. I knew he was baiting me. And I just went with, I can, no problem. I hope they all die miserable. And uh, like with the next thing you know, like 40 people are like, how could you say that? And I'm like, I don't care. They're all stupid. I hope they all die. Oh, Nick. Mm-hmm. What's up? Go, Cubs, go. Now it's in your head. Yeah, no, it's been in my head for three months. That's the other problem. People think it's funny. They go to the game, then they send me the video of them singing the stupid song. And then I try to, like, respond with a White Sox song, which is, like, the worst song ever. Because this was written in, like, 1944. So if you're a Cubs fan, should you not wear White Sox to Wrigley Field then? Wait, what? I don't even get the joke. What's the joke? What do you mean? What, white socks, actual white socks. Why? Why would that matter? Do, Cubs fans, because that means they're diehard socks fans. You're confusing me now. Okay, now. And 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 I don't understand what you're trying to do. I thought I, I thought I had something, but you didn't. You like most Cubs fans, you clearly didn't have a thought in your head. Oh wow. You just go along to get along with your bullshit and ruin the rest of the world for all of us, mainly me. And I am the only thing that's truly alive, and I know that when I go to sleep, the world stops moving. It's a Tracy Jordan joke. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Out Front with AJ and Nick. AJ has just been fired and will no longer be broadcasting with me, so now you're stuck with just me because AJ decided it'd be really cute to play games with my emotions. So he's fired. You're fired. Thing I have, I'm just gonna growl for the last half an hour. Just growl. I don't even know that's growling so much as it is moaning deeply. So you want to talk about? Something more energetic? Yeah, can we get to the fun part, like the presidential election? Oh, Jesus Christ, I hate this planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's cheer up by talking about, about the oh, death the of democracy. Okay, so what, what, where should we start with? Do you want to start with what I told you about before we went up live because it's fun? 
Yeah. All right, well, I got another one for you, too. It just popped up. So, number top stories in the election, ladies and gentlemen, today on Politico. Rudy Giuliani's daughter. You know Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, the crazy man who screamed at the convention for 20 minutes. Uh, his daughter is supporting Hillary Clinton uh, and came out today to say that. So, you know, basically from my, what I've learned is if you're intelligent and educated and under the age of... 40 uh, you basically don't vote for trump i he has no support among younger voters except for uh white unmarried men so you know the lucky ones and then that's about it as far as young voters go and then hillary's got everybody or they're all gonna vote for gary johnson which after the last few weeks even i am going don't vote for gary johnson if you're gonna vote for a third party candidate vote for mimi or vote for jill stein please don't vote for the person who when aleppo comes up just kind of stares like a deer in headlights uh that was terrifying and so that happened and then here's this one that she'll love it just broke aj i'd like to read you a new story that popped up within the last 20 minutes are you ready Am I going to love it or hate it? Oh, you're going to love this. In what way? This was not the tune-up debate that jittery Republicans were hoping for. Only days before Donald Trump must face Hillary Clinton in a town hall-styled presidential debate, the GOP nominee added just such an event in New Hampshire. It was a seemingly concession to anxious allies. Trump's had other plans. They were saving the practice for Sunday, he told the crowd. He blew off. His thing. This isn't practice. This has nothing to do with Sunday. They completely cha- He completely changed the format at the last minute, and so he has not practiced for a town hall debate. He what? He Allen Iverson. He said, practice? We're talking about practice. Practice? And he just didn't do it. He didn't do it. No, he's not doing his debate prep at all. Again. Again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We talked last time after the last debate about the thing that I find most disturbing about him as a candidate for president is that he shows a lack of intellectual engagement, which is a nice way of saying he doesn't do his research. And it's not even that. I mean, yeah, go ahead. It's it's now, not even now. That. It's your turn. Now it's your turn. Go ahead. I'm just going to lay back for about five minutes. Go ahead, AJ. I'm going to sip my coffee. Enjoy. Yeah. How's it feel, you son of a bitch? I mean, here's the thing. It's not just, you know, researching, you know, the topics, issues, and, you know, what you're actually running for. It's really this um, disregard of, I don't know, making yourself not look like an ass. (laughs) I mean... Sure. I mean, I don't mind if you're an asshole. I really don't. Um, but when you're honest, I mean, if we can take the last debate as, you know, the baseline for this general election now, uh, if we haven't learned anything, is that, um, you know, you just don't say shit for the sake of saying shit, you know? <laughs> And you really don't really try to come off as somebody who thinks that they're really going to be voting for, you know? Um, You just don't do that. You you have to go into every debate, every town hall, every forum as if, like, they don't know you as well as um, presenting the best information possible 
that speaks to your side. And when you just go up there and provide this selfish, um, arrogant attitude, um, you're not going to get voted. Well, it's just, if you got your ass kicked that thoroughly, wouldn't you, like, I think of it almost in, because the only comparison that I can make of being at that high of a level of competition, and that's what it is, it's a high level of competition no matter what you think of it, it's the major leagues, right? Mm-hmm. I can't, I will never be a major league gamer. I am at best a, you know, trip a double a player like i'm good i play a lot but i'll never be at the level that some of these guys are at because one i don't have the time to i don't have the reflexes there is skill in being that good at games but if i'm gonna play against somebody who's really good like i got a buddy of mine who i grew up with who's like a serious freaking gamer and we used to play madden and he kicked my ass a couple times in a row really badly so I went and I bought the the new the the same version of the game that he had. I went home and I really did. I I busted my ass to get better at the game so that at least I wasn't so embarrassed the next time we played. I didn't even think of like winning as a thing, but just so I'm not I don't come off as like the complete, you know, no preparation asshole. That was for a Madden game. This guy's not doing it in the most important thing that he's ever done. And that's the thing that's scaring the hell out of me. I really am just blown away by the fact that this is a dude who set up a debate practice town hall, walked out to the floor and said, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to do, just ask me some questions. I'm just going to talk because I don't care about debate prep. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton's been locked for three days in a hotel in New York. And you know what? This is the thing that's been getting on me lately with people who are against Hillary Clinton. That in and of itself should totally tell you who should be president of those two people no matter what you think about her and her policies and how corrupt you think that she is at least she's ready and willing to put the work in to do the job because there's this thought process i think aj that people think that being president is a lot easier than it actually is and and i was gonna say have you seen this new show designated survivor uh, I, I saw the first like ten minutes. I I've, it's one of those shows I'm going to wait to marathon because I want to watch Jack Power be president. Well, that's the thing. So during the pilot in the second episode, um, he had to go in the Situation Room, and that moment when Jack Bowers, you know, Keith Sutherland's character, you know, who's now the president. Now he's going to Situation Room, and he has to make a call. All these five-star generals are telling him, you know, do a proportional response, do all this great stuff. And he's like, well, I think we should weigh out our situation here, you know. I'm bringing this up because, I mean, this is the the very thing when whoever's going to be president, especially commander-in-chief, that – you know, I don't want Trump going in there, you know, and just solely rely on a five-star general's, you know, personal agenda to um, obliterate uh, a civilization in the Middle East and everything. Uh, and, and nor do I want to see Hillary do what she would potentially do um, in the Situation Room. But having said that, I, I'd rather have someone being thoughtful to the Situation 
that hate and making sure that it is the best scenario possible in order for things to continue on through. And as an anti-war activist, you know, I don't want to see war at all. And, you know, if our president has to, like, make a decision, you know, I, I do hope it's in the best interest that, you know, it's it's more about peace than, you know, what's to send submarines, planes, and tanks to a, a certain area. You're right, at least as far as the war thing goes, but also... But as you're, I mean, even you said, it's like you want someone who at least put some thought into what they're going to do. And, you know, I always consider it, stick with me, ladies and gentlemen, for this, but there's the, the nerd culture, because we try to command things that people understand. In nerd culture, there is the, ever un, the unending debate of who is the better captain, James T. Kirk or Jean-Luc Picard? Who is better? And... I think that you can make an argument for either, depending on what you're looking for. But if you were to say which of those two people should be president of the United States, it's not even a question that it should. It, it absolutely should be Jean-Luc Picard, because he's the one who thinks around an issue and tries to see every side of something. That's what I want in a president more than anybody else. I want someone, honestly, like the character that Martin Sheen played. I want a guy who not only just gets information and reacts, but takes in information and processes it through a filter that is kind of, okay, what is the what is the morally right thing to do? What is the practically right thing to do? What is absolutely what we should not do? And I want those lines there. I want someone who's going to think about if, I've been saying this to a lot of people, you know, Donald Trump goes on a rant at 3 o'clock in the morning on Twitter because of some imagined slight as a result of talking about a uh, Miss Universe winner. Okay, but what does that say is going to happen when it's 4 o'clock in the morning and you know Pakistan has started to line troops up on the Indian border and nobody really knows exactly what caused it, but both sides are now gearing up for some sort of border conflict. You have two nuclear powers that are facing off in a region where we have no control. What exact, I'm not saying I know what the decisions to be made at that point are, but what I would like is somebody who's not immediately going to go, okay, we'll bomb the shit out of everything because that's the only choice we have. And I don't know what Donald Trump's reaction in that situation would be. But what I'm really afraid of his, his reaction would be is that he will totally lean and give no leadership whatsoever. You know, he's such a leader of business or whatever. But what way is a really good businessman is delegation. And I don't want a president who delegates responsibility. And I know that that's what Donald Trump would do. So I don't mind delegation. But no, I'm saying delegating of the responsibility of the decision. You well, know, that's what I was to say. I mean, I, I mean, if I'm going to delegate that responsibility, I'm going to delegate it to the person who I who I know and feel is going to make that same decision that I would. But then that, but that thing that I'm trying to say is that then he would throw that person under the bus, right, well, for yeah. making the wrong decision, and he would simply divorce himself. And the idea being that he doesn't take accountability for that fact that he put that person there. You know what I'm saying? Like all of it. There's, right. there's you know. All of the decisions, the, 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 Trevor Noah said it, and it's 100% true. He is that guy who plays a video game and says, when I win, it's because I'm very good, but when I lose, it's because the equipment doesn't work. Right. That's all I'm trying to say. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. I mean, no, that's, that's, not, that's not very point. Um, again, I mean, I, I said it in a few episodes back, you know, it's not really the person 
that we should be really looking at. You know, it's really the people surrounding a particular person, you know, and yeah, Trump is a shiny object that we're all going to be attracted to because whatever he tweeted out there, whatever he said at a rally in a hangar in Bufu, Alabama, um, or wherever he's at, we're, we're going to be attracted to that. But we also have to pay attention on who's surrounding him, whether it's Paul Manafort at the time, whether it's Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway, um, <laughs> Roger Ailes, whoever it is. I mean, we have to pay attention to that because these people are equally, if not more, toxic when they come into said White House. You know, do you really want Kellyanne Conway to be the chief of staff in the White House who that person is going to go to Congress and tell the majority of minority whips and leadership on what they are going or not going to do? Well, not to mention you have to, I mean, I know that she's an accomplished person, but if you pin Donald Trump down, do you think, like, do you think he even knows the schoolhouse rock of how a bill becomes a law? No. Do you think he understands committee? And Go ahead. No, I think that's, that's what the problem is, that he's going to find people in Congress that are going to do his bidding, and it's going to be all these backdoor ways of passing legislation, um, putting certain pork and other pieces of legislation so he gets his way, you know. And, you know, Paul Ryan and a few others are saying this lazy-ass shit of, you know, you know, I'm going with the party. Whoever the nominee is, I'm going with the No, fuck that. <laughs> I've been in political parties and politics long enough to know that you don't have to be on the side of your party. Right. You know, that's what a caucus is for. That's what... You know, standing up to the very principles of what your party or the kind of direction you want to see within your party, you don't say, you know, I'm going to support the nominee of the party. Well, you haven't done that, Paul Ryan. You haven't done that, um, anyone else in Congress. You know, you haven't done that. Uh, all you've done is trying to make a turd shiny. That's what you're doing. You know, you're taking whatever piece of crap. Donald Trump is saying, polish it up and present it to the people. I'm like, see, it's not that bad smelling. You know, it may look, you know, yeah, there's, it, it looks green in color and don't mind the corn in there, but it's a polished turd. You know what I'm saying? No, I do. And it, it, it becomes an even stranger thing where. A turd's a turd. Yeah. And, and you, what was the thing? You can polish it up as much as you like. It's still a turd. It, <laughs> it, it's just. The complete breakdown in the last 10 days of his campaign has been, I mean, okay, here's a good example. If you go back to 2008 and, and look at the McCain-Obama election, I think John McCain was going to win that election until the economic crisis hit. And then it was just like a magnifying glass got shined on all the problems with the Republican financial plan. Right. And their version of trickle down economics during the Bush era and how it was just not sustainable and how deregulation had led to where we got to. Right. Here, you look at what happens after the 2008 crisis starts and then it really gets bad going into the last couple months of the election. Obama wins on a huge, you know, upswing, not to mention the picking of Sarah Palin, which was a huge mistake in and of itself, but whatever. 
My point with all of this is all of those things that led to McCain losing were not his fault. The Sarah Palin thing is kind of his fault, but you know that that was pushed on him by the party to have somebody young and energetic around him for image. Mistake, sure, but not nearly the same impact on the campaign as the uh, economic crisis had. Fine. You can go back to 2000 and, you know, Al Gore got lost Virginia basically because of his stance on his vote in the Senate for gun rights. And the, the whole thing that as you look at it, these are circumstances beyond a candidate's control in some way. Donald Trump's campaign falling apart rests solely on the shoulders of Donald Trump. Because it's the shit that comes out of his mouth that gets him in trouble. It's like having a 10-year-old with no filter, and then everyone around him has to like rally to explain, well, no, he's just a child. Let him get this out of his system. Except that but, that child is now going to be president. But when you have now the 16-year-old friend that's on your side, who's supposed to be the filter between the two, and they come across as equally as dumbassery as they can be, that's also a problem. Are we talking about Mike Pence or Kelly? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you want to talk about... I think this is important for us to get out there. Ladies and gentlemen who are listening who... Mike Pence won the debate. Let me tell you some stuff about Mike Pence. Uh, or AJ, can AJ, do you want to cover the the state of HIV in Indiana or would you like me to? Either way, I mean, I, I mean, here's the summary of this. If those who have, haven't watched that debate, and if you haven't, I applaud you. Um, <laughs> Mike Pence, I knew Mike Pence won before they even started. Why? Because between the two, Mike Pence looked like a presidential candidate. Well, let's also not forget that Mike Pence was declared the winner by the GOP website 12 oh, hours before the debate. Well, fuck that. Yeah, that was uh, just funny. But I mean, even even when, uh, you know, Kane really interjected, and that's what really threw me off was, you know, Senator Kane just, you know, interjecting every two minutes, you know. But Mike Pence did what any polished politician would do. He would, you know, try to come off as stately as possible or, you know, try to Tai Chi that shit, <laughs> you know, and trying to um, move past it. But he was the clear winner, you know, and as much as I don't want to say that, he was. But he may have won that debate. But let, let me cover just the most basic of policies in Indiana because this is what I was trying to get to. Governor Mike Pence in the state of Indiana has overseen the largest rise in HIV infection in his state, in, in the country over the last, I think he's been governor for f six years, over that period of time. Would you like to know why, ladies and gentlemen? Well, here's why. Under Governor, under governor Mike Pence, as part of their whole Republican, small business, small government, we won't tell anybody what to do, religious freedom bullshit, he stopped free condoms in schools, which is partially responsible, but more importantly, he ended free needle exchange. Now, there are some of you out there going, the government shouldn't subsidize needles for junkies. And you may be correct in that simple, unintelligent way of understanding that problem. But here's what you need to know about needle exchanges. They are not there to allow people to do drugs 
in a way that encourages them to do drugs. You can't go to a needle exchange and they just give you needles. Like, they do give you a spiel about quitting drugs, but that's not the point. The point of a needle exchange is to prevent the spread of disease. It is a simple, easy, cheap solution that actually played a major role in the late 90s and most of the 2000s major decline of HIV infection rates here in the United States. People think that it's always sex, but realistically, one of the major causes of HIV spreading beyond a small cluster of people has been drug use from using dirty needles. By canceling that program, a lot of people in the state of Indiana who use drugs, which are Let's be honest, now we're getting into that other fun part, AJ, where you got to go, and we're not talking about black people here, folks. This is the state of Indiana. We're talking about crystal meth users who inject themselves with crystal meth, got AIDS or HIV because of this. This is the legacy of a Mike Pence. He's the one who wanted to, he defunded Planned Parenthood in his state, which led to a massive rise in um, adoptions and illegal abortions that have cost women their lives because they were unable to get somewhere. There are women in Indiana who have drank antifreeze to end a pregnancy because they can't get to where they need to get to to get an abortion. This shit is happening under Governor Mike Pence. So yeah, he may have won the vice presidential debate on a show that nobody watched, but this is a bad person. He's actually in a lot of ways worse than Trump because Trump is just an idiot. He's not an idiot. I always keep doing that. Trump is not an idiot. Trump is just un- uninformed on important issues. Mike Pence knows about issues and then just makes the wrong decisions. So for the, those people who like numbers, you know, um, the CDC put out puts a lot of state profiles on information that people would like to know and everything. Um 2013, which I do believe is still under Pence's administration, um, an estimate of 47,163 people um, have been diagnosed in well, diagnosed with HIV um, in the United States. Of that, um, 500 of them were adults and adolescents in Indiana, ranking Indiana the 21st among the 50 with HIV diagnosis. He became governor in January. That's funny. You said 2013? Yeah. Yeah, he became governor in January of 2013. You know, and, um, you know, and of that, you know, 66% of that are men as well. So there's two possibilities. One, a lot of people are using dirty needles, or suddenly a lot of gay people just decided to move to Indiana. Well, and that's the other thing, you know, I mean, we can always talk about Indiana and Pence and his state of religious freedom and not passing marriage equality and a few other things. But, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, I mean, you do have, you know, those who are um, LGBT and and queer who, you know, are transient or runaways and especially like in the Chicago area, where they go? Well, sometimes it's Indiana. It's not their first choice. It's yeah. just the closest choice. Exactly. You know, and and because of that, you know, you do get a, like, a large um, LGBTQ population in Indiana. And then the things that we have been seeing in Indiana, Indiana is because of, you know, Mike Pence, you know. Um, and I've said it before, you know, Mike Pence was the safe candidate 
for Trump's VP choice, um, of all the people to choose from, you know, he didn't want an attack dog. He's his own. Trump is his own attack dog. Uh, tr- uh, Pence did what he did at the VP um, debate. Um, he's doing what he should be doing as a Trump VP person, and that is, you know, look humanized as possible. The, the one thing I've got a question about before we get out of here for the day is I, I want to go back to just the decision of having Tim Kaine as the vice presidential candidate as yeah. being just the most uninspired, safe, bullshit choice that they could have made. I don't like, I, like, as much as you can feel whichever you want about Hillary, Hillary is world class leader. And I don't mean that like, oh, like, oh, so how she looks or any of that bullshit. I mean, she is up there on the upper echelon of people in the world who has an understanding of what is happening all over the globe. She is one of those people. Mike Pence is the uncle who shows up at your party and talks a lot about stuff that he clearly doesn't really know about. And that bugs me. I don't find him. He has no charisma at least as far as i can he can play the harmonica okay well great and he can speak spanish with an accent great pence or kane pence I'm, oh i'm sorry kane i meant kane i screwed screw that up yeah I, I, that's the other thing is i mix the two of them up except for the white hair one looks like he's from the cast of mad men the other looks like he's from parks and rec right you know like he looks like that guy from mad men right he does um i can't think of his name yeah but it's just, it's upsetting as hell. Uh, AJ, before we get out of here for the day, I feel like we should just take a second, and I want to let people know that because we are a news organization, a news commentary organization, AJ, I have to ask you to please go down to Florida and stand outside with a microphone to report on the hurricane, please. Do we have health insurance? No, but I feel like Do it's... Do we have a- liability insurance? Sure. We, you should definitely go test that and go stand outside in the rain like the other reporters. I want you to go out there and, and stand out there in the rain because we can't trust that it's raining or that there's a hurricane unless you're standing outside in it. Yeah, I don't understand, you know, sending people <laughs> to places like hurricanes. Yeah. Because you don't do that with people in tornadoes. You, you don't do that with people with earthquakes, so why do you do it with hurricanes? Well, you do it with people with earthquakes, but earthquakes tend to be over pretty quickly. <laughs> Like, it's just, I love going to CNN right now or even Fox News or anybody. And it's just like, like, there's a dude out there who, you know, went to like Harvard and Yale and graduate or graduated from like Wesleyan with a degree in, you know, journalism or some damn thing. Went to Syracuse, got his master's in journalism, got hired by CNN. So excited to finally get started. And they're like, here's your assignment. You're going to go stand outside in the rain in Jacksonville. First of all, you have to go to Jacksonville. Second of all, not only are you in Jacksonville, but here comes a hurricane. Stand outside in the rain and tell us how hard it's raining. Not just stand outside, but be as close to the action as possible. Yeah, get close to the flying debris and then find somewhere safe to stand. Those two things don't work. It's just the, the, the my favorite thing is the image of a guy standing with a microphone and then the camera is covered in rain, right? So, like, you can't actually see the guy very well. And the whole thing just feels like it's a screw you to that reporter. I mean, again, it's like I said, I don't I, I don't know if I missed this in some of my journalism classes. I don't know if I just am oblivious to what's going on in broadcasting, but I don't think it's required to stand 
near a Category 3 or 4 hurricane next to the beach while there's surf, like, over you as if, you know, you're part of the Titanic scene. Um, I don't know what the fascination with that is. I mean, last night we just had, like, a tornado, like, pop up like that all of a sudden, you know. It was a very strong storm, intense lightning. Um, Forty. The storm was moving 40 miles an hour. Um, not a single person from KWQC or WQAD and their storm team went outside and broadcasted live where their tornado would have been in Albany or in Kelowna. You know, they didn't do that. Why do they do that with hurricanes? I mean, are we fascinated with wind and rain and surf and everything? I'm convinced it's because we name them. Huh? I'm convinced it's because we give them names. Isn't that like we actually are humanizing with the storm that we have to see what Matthew looks like? Yeah, I really do. I think that that's what it is. I, 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 yeah, I think that I think that because we give it a name, it becomes an event. Because a tornado is a tornado, right? But there are hundreds of tornadoes every year. So that's what a hurricane is, essentially, is, it's, is a tornado. Yeah, it's just yeah. a more powerful tornado. But th- I think that what happens is you get people going, well, this is a, it's Hurricane Matthew, and we got to run from Matthew. And I think, I think the news organizations like it. Plus, ever since Katrina... If you don't think that the people who direct CNN want people to die in massive numbers, you're crazy because they love that shit because their ratings go up. Well, that's the other thing, too, is like, um, you know, and I think it's even, well, post-Katrina and even pre-Katrina, you know, I remember like other hurricanes, like Hurricane Andrew. Yeah. You know, like like decimated Florida, parts of Florida, you know. It decimated yeah, parts but it of the took Caribbean people like, and everything. It took people like two weeks to realize Florida had been decimated because it's kind of just because you pick up a bunch of, of of gator trash and move it further down the road. I don't know if that qualifies as decimated. I'm sorry, that was an unnecessary dig at the wonderful state of Florida, Florida, where Americans' elections go to die. So you, you want to hear like an interesting point about um, anacondas and boat constructions in Florida? I know that your anaconda don't want none unless it's got buns, hon. Well, yeah. I nothing, nothing no. for that. Right off the <laughs> top of my head, that just he's gonna roll know, right I past it. We're rapping here, but okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> when I was in, you know, the swamp in Florida, uh, in the the Everglades and everything, I did like this um, air boat tour and uh-huh. what have you. And the guy pointed out this anaconda and everything. I'm like, you know, I, you know, anacondas are not native to North America. Like usually in South America. So why are there a whole bunch of anacondas in the Everglades? And he oh. goes, oh, that's an that's an easy question. Uh, can, can I guess before you answer, just for the fun? Yeah, go ahead. Florida people bought anacondas, decided they didn't want to keep them, and got rid of them. That's that's the, that's one of that's one of the reasons. Oh, okay. And the other is when you know people keep snakes, you know, particularly anacondas and boa constrictors. Um, when they actually do have hurricanes and like they leave and their house is flooded and everything, then they leave. So you have unattended animals that are left behind. So they either die or if they have means necessary, they will leave through the water and then find shelter elsewhere. And then there's just anacondas next to the gators. Yes. Fuck that state, man. So... (laughs) 
So that's this thing of, you know, you have all these animals, you know, who are left behind, and then, like I said, they either die or they have to find shelter somewhere because their owner um, left them, and now they're in the wild in Florida. So that's where you see all these exotic animals in Florida is because people leave their animals behind, or as you said, you know, they are getting too big, so we're just going to dump them. In the swamp and let nature take care of it, even though they're like the most apex predator in the country. Okay. So Florida. Yeah, where elections go to die. Ladies and gentlemen, that story about how we just take things out to the swamp and leave it there to die really should sum up the entire state of the American experience right now because that's what's going to happen to the rest of us when Florida becomes once again the most important state in the election. Thank you, everybody, for listening, downloading. AJ, say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. This has been Out Front with AJ Nick on the Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chi-Town Podcast One. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. And you can email us at Network at gmail.com. I've been Nick Serranos. That was AJ Signeri. I apologize to all the Cubs fans, but I really don't because I hate you and everything you stand for. And I don't apologize to Donald Trump because, you know, you're Donald Trump and you don't care. Anyway, this is our show. Thank you for listening. We out. Go Cubs, go. Oh. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.